Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me, and as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Now, Grump, Grump, there's a lot of things. First off, we're here post-game after the Boston Bruins, after a dominant performance. The Islanders won 4-2, to two, are now sporting a six-game point streak. It's crazy how quick that can change, right, Grumpy old man? I've got what is up with the Celtics jersey? At least you're wearing some sort of Islanders paraphernalia again on the top of your head. But the Celtics. Well, we were playing Boston today, so I put on a Larry Bird shirt. Interesting story. You know, it's ridiculous what they sell these clothes for. I mean, I got this shirt a couple of years ago, but it was like, it said like a sticker price of like 60 bucks. I'm like, who pays 60 bucks? But then it was like a clearance thing, and it was like 10. So I'm like, well, 10 bucks for a Larry Bird shirt. Okay, I'll get that. And the guy tells me, well, you know, it was mismarked. I said, I don't care what it was mismarked at. That's what you have it advertised for. That's what I'm getting it for. And he wound up giving it to me for the 10 bucks. So I thought it was an investment. It was worthwhile. And uh, I figured since we were playing Boston, I'd wear a Boston Celtics shirt. See, that's I guess that's the odd thing, right, Grumpy Old Man? You're wearing a Boston Celtics shirt when we play you know, a team from Boston. I guess I'm kind of confused why you're repping a Boston team during that, Grumpy. Just in case they won. <laughs> Just in case they won, really. I could be a, I could be a front runner fan. Boston's a good team. Boston's a good team. I have no here's the thing, I have no Bruins para, uh, memorabilia or uh, you know uh, clothing. I do have some New England Patriots stuff though because the greatest quarterback of all time used to play for them. <laughs> Grumpy, you're, you're going to find it hard to have anybody argue with you on that point, Grumpy old man. Uh, before we get things started, again, I will forget if I don't read our advertisement now, Grumpy old man. Uh, sponsor there for today's podcast, DraftKings. Um, have you heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how to and how paydays can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs? This week is a jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have your front row seat for all the action. Making the lineup in DraftKings adds excitement to every night. It's as simple as that. Um, draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Uh, every moment means that more with DraftKings lineup. Um, it's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup with players uh, while staying under the salary cap. Oh, Grumpy, Lou Lamarillo could take some uh, some uh, some practice with that, right, Grump? He certainly needs a lot of help with that. And then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across the sports. Um, DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy po- fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now you know how to play. Download the DraftKings app and sign in using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's the code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings.com. Um, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Grumpy old man. I want to... I want to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, you start off, you asked the question, you know, do you know about this? I was going to answer the question, but you went right on. You see, as a host, what you should do is when you ask a question, you wait for a response. I realize you're just, you know, just parroting 
uh, what's written down for you. I'm sure you didn't come up with that on your own. But then I started thinking, you know, if you can bet on golf, if you knew a pro golfer who was any good, you could bet against them and say, oh, uh, you know, and maybe, you know, bet I don't know how much money, you know, whatever you got. And, uh, you know, he could, they could, that's a, that's a, a sport where you can really, uh, you know, clean up by betting on somebody to fail. I think that's a, an easy sport to, to, uh, to throw, to throw, so to speak. Yes. I was about to say, Grumpy, it's so tough. I, there's a lot of questions rolling in immediately, Grumpy old man. And post game, I'm sure you know a few of these I, are going to I just be- wanted to say one more thing about golf, if I could. You know, there was one time when, uh, you know, I was going, I was, uh, I was working at a different company, and me and some friends, we used to go golfing on the weekends, and we thought it would be a lark to go and play, uh, you know, to take a class on golf uh, at a local community college, you know, just for, just for fun. And my golf teacher was a guy named Clyde Turner. And he had to be probably in his upper 70s, really cool, old Southern gent. And I never forget what he said, even now, because, I mean, I'm talking, I'm going back, gosh, I want to say like 30 30 plus years ago. And I remember Clyde saying, golf will grind you into the dirt. And I've never forgotten it. And he's so true. If you ever go out there and play for people who play golf, they know exactly what that means. So I just I just think I just throw that in there since we never talk about golf. Well, Grumpy, I'm happy we never talk about golf. Golf is something that that really bores me personally. Okay. Well, Grumpy old man, I was saying there's a lot of comments. Obviously, tonight, um, topic of discussion, the Islanders look dominant. Uh, they're sporting a six-game point streak. Um you know, Matt Barzal has now a eight game or an eight game point streak with ten points over that span. Leo Komarov earlier on in the week was waived, and he comes out and plays a hell of a game tonight against the Boston Bruins. Has two assists, and I mean that shorthanded assist he had was pretty beautiful, depossessing the uh, Boston Bruin there from the puck, getting the nice feed over there with John Gabriel Pajot, who's able to finish that play. Grumpy old man. First off, I want your initial reactions after the Boston Bruins game. Uh, okay. Ecstatic. I mean, they had a rough and tumble battle with the Rangers last night. A uh, number of fights, one, nothing game. They playing, uh, you know, was played down in the wire. Um, Halak was in goal for them yesterday. Like I said, a number of battles. Uh, they had the little mano a mano with Zabinajad and Marshawn. Who's going to leave the ice last rock, paper, scissors. I'm like, grow up fellas, freaking losers. Uh, I hate Marshawn. What do they call him? Little ball of hate. I hate him. Now, if he was on my team, I'd like him, but he's a piece of garbage. Uh, you know, just some of the stuff he gets away with. He didn't get called. I mean, we're going to get into that later. I'm certain what happens after the Islanders uh, finally cemented that victory. Uh, but they remind me a lot of the Flyers. Just I don't really like them. Uh, I even forgot what your question was. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> Grump, it was just what your initial thought was after the game. Again, I think it uh, is static. I was, I was happy. Very, very happy. You notice I'm smiling. I'm not unhappy. We won a game. I thought we carried the play for the most part. Uh, the, the first period, I thought, was uh, 50-50. Uh, Boston came, but I thought we took over towards the end. Um, and then the second period, they came out hot. And then maybe at the five-minute mark, we kind of took over from there. Then uh, Croc uh, had a lazy, lazy, not hustle back after the puck was turned over in the offensive zone. And uh, Bergeron scores a goal. That's his guy. And uh, I, I'm worried. I'm worried going into the third. 
and then uh, we get the Barzell goal or the uh, Barzell was a Barzell goal, right? Yeah, grumpy, grumpy Barzell scores on the power play. Then Leo makes that nice feed to Jean Gabriel Pajot as a shorthanded goal. I'll tell you this much: I think after the first period, Grump, I want to inter- intervene here a little bit. I think after the first period, Grumpy old man, almost immediately after the Boston Bruins scored, it's almost like the light switch, the light switch flip for the New York Islanders. I thought they then started to take the action to the Boston Bruins. And the second period, again, I want to say we carried the majority of the action. I know we made that mistake and Boston was able to go ahead and capitalize on that. But I thought we carried most of the action in the second and the third period, the same exact thing, Grumpy. Yeah, yes, that's what I was going to say. Just we totally dominated the second, except for maybe like the first four or five minutes tops. We carried the rest of it. And then I was worried after the Nelson blunder uh, leads to that tie game. And I'm like, oh, please don't lose this one. Somebody played extremely well. I mean, gosh, we played well against Pittsburgh too, for the most part, right? Um, and then, but then Barzell on, and I'm going to call it like I see it, you know, just to show I'm not, you know, I just don't play the I hate certain player card. Uh, really nice pass by uh, Average over to Barzell, who uh, buried that one. I mean, he's right top shelf. Um, Probably the only guy on the team who could make that shot. Honestly, that was a beautiful, beautiful shot. Maybe Everly, certainly not. Certainly not the garbage guys that we usually have on the team. Uh, but it was a very nice pass, pass by Average, and I thought he played better today. Uh, and I don't want you to pump up uh, Komarov too much, uh, but I do think that he played well today. Was it because he was waived the other day? I don't know. I don't know how that affects him. I, I think that was purely a move. For if they have to send it down to the minors now, they can because you have to go through waivers. Well, yeah, they want to also have the ability when Pavillier does come back, which they say he's nearing return, they do have that cap available. I guess Wallstrom has cemented himself there on that third line. And I'll tell you one thing. As much as I think that Leo Komarov should not be an everyday skater and in the lineup every single night for the Islanders, I just don't think he has what it takes anymore to be an every night type of guy. Um, he had an excellent game tonight. And again, like you know, there's nothing wrong at all when he plays well. I'm happy when he plays well. He was waived earlier on in the week um, and grumpy. Here we go. Comment here from David right off the bat. Grump, thoughts on Leo tonight? Okay. How many games has Leo played this year? Five or six. Okay. So he plays one good game out of six. Is that what you want? Not me. I did. And I do think he played well tonight. This is the best game he's played. Oh, geez. I want to say going back a year and a half now, I think it's the best game he's played. This is the seventh game of the season. I'm sorry. Okay. One out of seven. So he just plays well on Sundays. I mean, you know, that's what it is. If you play, you know, well, it's you know, grumpy. It's not a Sunday, grumpy old man. It's a Saturday. Just one day a week. I'm just saying one day a week. <laughs> so he plays good every Saturday night, probably because he knows his beer in the locker room. I don't know. Good. I, I'm, I'm glad he played well. I just don't think he's a long-term answer for this club. I think there are other guys who would bring more on a more consistent basis. But he had a very good game tonight, without a doubt. For certain. And again, another one of the guys who I'd call a whipping boy of ours, Michael Del Cole. I thought he had a great game tonight, too. And it wasn't shown in huge point. It wasn't shown in huge factors there on the score sheet, but I thought he had an excellent night tonight. And again, like even Butch went ahead and mentioned it, he thought that's the best night he thinks that Michael Del Cole's ever had in an Islanders uniform. I won't go that far, um, but I thought I thought Michael Del Cole had a great night tonight as well. But see, that's the thing with Michael Del Cole. Nothing comes through on the score sheet because that's just not the player he is. He's not a second line player. 
Uh, really, in the perfect world, he's a fourth liner. That's what he is. And if he plays the fourth line and plays with the hustle that he's shown, I have no problem playing him. It's when you try to move those guys up to second lines. He's not a second line player. He just isn't. And Brock Nelson has just been absolutely terrible. And today was another example of the same thing. It's an, it's the Eberly line now with Michael Del Cole. And then, you know, you got Croc. Just, I, I'm just wondering if he's injured in some way. I just, he looked a little lazy in spots, particularly on that goal, that Bergeron goal. I'm like, dude, please don't tell me because I watch him in replay. I, I rewind it and I look, I said, please don't tell me that it was Croc who didn't pick his man up. And sure enough, he just started floating when the puck got turned over. Bergeron, who's what, 37 years old, he's able to hustle down the ice. Why not Croc? He's making he's making this about the same money as Croc is. I'll tell you one thing, Grumpy. I don't think Brock Nelson's had a great season so far this year. I thought he played better tonight. Again, that's all relative. I don't think his night was great because you did see those defensive lapses there. And I, I, uh, for a team and for a coach and Barry Trotz who preaches, you know, defense, defensive, you need to be steadfast on the defensive side of the puck. You have to be structured. Uh, when you make mistakes like that, again, it leaves me kind of scratching my head. Yeah. Well, it makes me want to do other things. So I'm just saying, I mean, he's been terrible this year. He's not been good at all. Grumpy. And I have to add something in here. So with Leo Komarov's good performance today, our buddy, Arthur Staple, made a tweet, grumpy old man, that I am sure is going to make you happy. And I want to go ahead and get your opinion on it as well, grumpy old man. So give me one second here as I pull that for us. Arthur Staple wants to know, or Arthur Staple says, Komarov is really making Trotz's lineup decisions difficult when Bavillier comes back. Holy crap, grumpy old man. I think I think this is meant, more meant to who will – Barry Trotz start, Michael Doe Cole or Leo Komarov. I think that's what it was geared towards. Well, I was going to say Arthur Staples been hitting the crack pipe early tonight because, like I said, he's played one good game out of seven. And that's the thing. When you look at these guys who are getting ripped by fans, rightfully so, because they've just been bad. I don't care how good they used to be. You know, five years ago, he was a really good player. Well, that those times are long gone. But, you know, the guy has one good game, and it's like, hey, you know, let's keep him in the line, just like the fourth line, right? The fourth line would play really good against Pittsburgh. Uh, and it's like, hey, the fourth line's back. Well, the fourth line was terrible again tonight. I mean, you know, just because you can do it once a week or once, you know, every three or four games, sorry, that doesn't cut it. You need consistency. That's what you need. Well, at the level the Islanders are at, again, I don't think Komarov is the answer there. I, I certainly don't. And, and again, like, I, I'll be honest here with Art's comment. Barry, or I guess Lou Lamarillo waving Leo Komarov says all you need to know. He's not going to be the guy that's consistently in the lineup because if they need to go ahead and shuttle him down to uh, Bridgeport there or move him off the taxi squad to make room, he has to clear waivers in some capacity. Uh, grumpy old man. So again, like it means that Bavillier is close to returning. Um, did they not? Did they not move? Uh, Andrew Ladd up to the taxi squad? They moved, again, like Grumpy, the taxi squad is so fluid. I, they moved him up retroactively after they sent um, Komarov down through waivers. But then, again, like the taxi squad, I feel it can change every other minute. Uh, <laughs> grumpy old man. So I don't take too much into account when they move somebody to the taxi squad and remove them off the taxi squad and all that nonsense. Okay. I just, I just didn't know how – 
I didn't I didn't know if he was still on the taxi squad or not. Maybe that's why they moved him down. I I just think I don't they they have reasons. I assume they're salary cap reasons yes. why they're moving these guys up and down. But you know I don't care about that. I care about the, how the guys perform on the ice. I mean Jarnak played pretty good the couple times he's played. We never see him again. Bellows played pretty good when he played. We don't see him anymore. I know they're both under 35 years old, but I mean, that shouldn't be a precursor to those guys not playing. I don't feel. Well, again, I'll tell you this much. Leo did have a very good night, but you bring up, you bring up valid points, grumpy old man. It's his first night. And again, I like to play devil's advocate. I'd like to think we're as unbiased as humanly possible. Again, we have our favorites. Uh, we have our whipping boys in the same token, grumpy old man. I think it's also worth taking into account here. We had talked about how in certain scenarios, no matter where you were for the preseason, you were not able to actually find your way to the ice because of, you know, what type of restrictions the current area you were living in had. Again, there are guys that we know in the A and the NHL that weren't able to really skate too much before training camp this season, the shortened training camp they did have. So, again, I like to give them maybe the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe Leo it took him a little longer to go ahead and get up to pace. And now that he's got a few games under his belt and he's back at the NHL ready, now we can kind of expect to see a Leo sort of similar to what we saw tonight. Again, I'm willing to play devil's advocate on that one, Grumpy. You can do that if you want. All I know is everybody was in the same boat. Maybe it's the fact that he's, you know, 34, 35 years old is why he can't do it anymore. He's not he's not that old, but Grumpy, he's he's in his yeah, he's definitely in his 30s though, Grumpy. I don't think he's 34 or 35. I think he's like 32 or 33. Oh, he's yeah, exactly. relatively the same thing. He's older than that. He's either 34. I'm I'm gonna say he's 34. I want to oh my goodness, what's that picture? <laughs> grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Don't look at that. That is for later, grumpy. Old okay, man. all right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, like I said, just because a guy does something good one night doesn't mean that he should be guaranteed a spot in the lineup. And that's the way it is with Trot's favorites. All they have to do is play once good once a week, and they're going to be in the lineup all the time. Where if one of the younger guys or some guys he doesn't trust have a bad night or a bad shift or two. They're banished. You know, you're not playing anymore for the next couple of weeks. And that, I think, is frustrating. I mean, Matt Martin today, right, as good as he played against Pittsburgh, well, today, point blank shot with uh, Rask and just hits him right in the chest. I mean, that's, you, you have to score on something like that. And he just – he hesitated. He's, he's, he's not a goal scorer. I mean, he just isn't. Um, Speaking of that, Grumpy, can, can we talk about Tuka Rask? Oh, my God. And, again, there's there's the saying, throw the puck on that, and there's a reason you do so good things can happen. My, oh, my, what a weak goal Tuka Rask. And, again, I'm not going to complain about it, but what a weak goal Tuka Rask led in against Jordan Everly. And, you know, he's, he's accumulating the goals this season for certain. And, you know, sometimes you're going to get lucky like that, but throw the puck on that. Man, oh, man, that was a weak goal led in by Tuka Rask on Jordan Everly. I wonder if Rask was ready for that shot. I don't think he was ready for that shot. I, I didn't don't think he expected Everly to shoot it that early. I mean, he was a long ways out, and it just and it beat him far side. And from where he was set up, I didn't even see how it was possible for him to score that. Um, certainly, he'd want to have that one back, and he's been our kryptonite over the years. Uh, so it was nice to even give up one of those. Um, but. 
you know, I'm I'm glad Everly scored. I'm ecstatic that we won. I think we're in right now. We're in a playoff spot, aren't we? Yeah, Grumpy. Right now we're in a playoff spot. And again, you know, it's crazy. I know we've had three wins and three overtime or shootout losses in the last six games. You know, you squint at it one way. You say, all right, we're starting to establish some momentum. And, you know, you can definitely look at it with wide-eyed and bushy-tailed saying, hey, we're on a six-game point streak, Grumpy old man. That's why I started off with that <laughs> that little uh, – yes, Grump. It's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, not wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Okay. okay, Grumpy. I always thought it was a wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, but I guess I learned something tonight here, Grumpy. That's what I'm here for, to teach you. Educate <laughs> Grumpy old man. And it's funny. After Leo Komarov, and again, this is the last little bit we'll talk about Leo. I had a great night tonight. After Leo Komarov got waived, it was funny to see everybody interacting there with with the uh, the Twitter and the Facebook handles that we do have, Grumpy Old Man, asking because you know it's it's the notorious Lou Lamarillo call on your landline, Grumpy Old Man, and they were asking getting clearance possibly was Lou Lamarillo getting clearance from you as to whether he should go ahead and waive Leo Komarov. So that was the funny thing about it all, Grumpy Old Man. He's had a standing order for me to waive him. So <laughs> it's, it's not like he had to call for that. I've already let him know. Get rid of this piece of garbage. I don't care that he's from Russia. I could care less. Russia has Finland citizenship, etc. <laughs> I don't care that you smuggled him out of the country with Slava Fatisov and uh, Kasatonov. I don't care if you did that. Oh, those many years ago in 1982, I believe it was. Uh, you have you've given him a life in the country of America, so he should just be happy. That doesn't mean he has to continue to play in hockey. Feel free to wave him at any time. <laughs> grumpy old man and i want to also ask the question here oh i guess we'll, we'll go back again we were, we're going to hit some comments and there's another little funny segment picture i want to bring up there later but grumpy old man i want to talk about the pittsburgh game we had the lead at, i look at it like this it was unfortunate that we surrendered a goal in the last minute and it was essentially a three-point swing we go from winning the game in regulation to losing in overtime um, three-point swing, essentially, grumpy old man. I'll tell you. Oh, gosh. You got the notepad out again. Whole page, that's right. I had a whole page of notes on that Pittsburgh game. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. If I'm looking down, it's because I'm looking at my notes right now. Oh, gosh, grumpy old man. It was it was unfortunate. I, there was, though, one positive for, sure, for certain during that game. And I, I want to show you that little highlight reel. Man, oh, man. We talk about Matt Barzal, and we talk about his abilities and his growth as a player. How many times have we seen plays exactly like this this season by Matt Barzal, where he undresses a defender? He did it to Tony D'Angelo, and here he is. He does it, he does it again. I, I think it's against Joseph here. But, yeah. man, oh, man, was that absolutely beautiful. Another highlight real goal by Matt Barzal. And it just shows you the growth. In the, I think it's it also is showing the confidence increase that he has in his game. He's He feels more effective driving on that. He's shooting the puck more often. And he's been successful there, putting more points on the board also. And this is a guy who only had three days of training camp before the season started. So, you know, figure it out for what you want. But why? Because he's a, he's got high-end talent. When you have high-end talent, you're able to do things like that. You think you'd see Anders Lee or Croc Nelson or the the king of the secondary first of all, the king of the secondary just wouldn't even shot the puck. But you think you would have seen any of those guys pop that goal? Absolutely not. That's what high-end skill does for you, and that's why we need more of that on this team. Well, we I'll tell that. you. 
Yeah. How often did you hear people complain? Oh, he, you know, he high sticks. You know, he took a penalty. We need to go ahead and bench Matt Barzal. This, these are exact reasons why you never bench that young man. <laughs> There's nobody else on our team who could do something like this with, with I guess, the uh, consistency that Matt, Matt Barzal's already made two of these highlight reel exact plays like this, undressing defenders in one-on-one situations, putting the putting the puck in the and you know in the toy department, as Butch Goring would say, and going ahead and executing again. This is why you can never bench a guy like this. Yeah. I mean, like, again, obviously certain things, you know, if it does get egregious for sure. But again, that's why you you try to stay away from benching the best player like that, as some people were, were trying to proclaim there earlier on, I guess, last week. Those comments were idiotic. I mean, I don't care that he took a couple of penalties. Like I said, uh, the one that was the big one was the one that cost them the game um, in overtime. I even, I forget who it was now. Who was it? Who was it that game? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Um, Rangers made the grump. I can't. Maybe it was the Rangers or the. I can't. I honestly can't remember grump. He's a while I, ago. Maybe it was Philadelphia. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But that was all a result of Anders Lee making a weak ass pass from the boards and turning the puck over, and Barzell being absolutely gassed and still being the only guy who hustled back. I mean, those things happen. Uh, I don't. I don't care. I honestly don't care. The positives that he brings uh, more outweigh the occasional penalty that he takes. I mean, it's just when I listen to people say that, it's like, do you even watch the game? Uh, or do you just listen to the little parrots that they have on there? This is what they say. This is what we're told to say. I believe it. No, it's not, watch the game. Actually watch the game. And so you'll have an informed opinion. Grumpy old man. It was against it was against the Flyers, though, just to provide that context, grumpy old man. Um, you know, there were a lot of people noticing a few things during that Penguins game, like how hideous the officials were. And they specifically look at overtime and even the closing minutes there in the third period. And, you know, I thought the we I, we try to, to abstain from complaining about the refs at all costs. Unless it's egregious, we don't complain about the refs. And, you know, it's like uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, when all is said and done, you really can't control the referees. Uh, that being said, right, it was unfortunate the way the rules are written. You know, the, the net gets knocked off the moorings. And as Cal Clutterbuck, I believe, recovers the puck in our zone, the, the whistle immediately gets blown and the face-offs in our zone, which means I think that Pittsburgh still got to keep their goalie pulled. And, you know, it led one thing led to the next, and they were able to go ahead and execute and score there um, in the closing minutes. Then when you look at specifically overtime, I think there was a trip that wasn't called. There was an interference off the face-off dot, and there were clearly four guys on the ice at one time period. And so you had a lot of people complaining there about the refereeing. And again, the, the officiating wasn't great. In the same token, though, it, it, that's not the reason we lost that game. Uh, it contributed, though. I'll be it, can, it definitely contributed. That's not the reason we lost the game, though. I mean, it, I'd rather, much rather have four on three in the overtime you know, when uh, Malkin pitchforks, uh, was it Nelson, I think? I, I think I think it was Anders Lee. Okay. But the whole thing, he just stuck the, the stick between the legs and just took him right down. No call. And you're right. It was three on three. And Malkin, again, he had to be 25, 30 feet from the bench when the other guy came off. And what does it do? It means that they're able to get after our guys. They got four guys on the ice. It's like, what the heck's going it's on? Not, it stops a three-on-two break, and instead it makes it a three-on-three -three break where it's more contested. And, again, I get it. The biggest thing for me that I hope 
Barry Trotz changes his mindset on going forward when it comes to overtime games is speed is paramount. Speed is king out there on the ice in overtime. And when you go ahead and decide, I'm going to roll out guys who necessarily aren't as gifted in the speed department, but they might be more. I'm using air quotes here for everybody who's not watching this on a live stream or not watching on YouTube, you know, not as gifted players, but they don't have as much speed. You're just going to leave yourself vulnerable to those teams that do have the speed. You got to roll the speed in overtime. I'm sorry. That's one of those things where I hope that we change our mindset. And I guess it's good. It's not going to affect us in the playoffs. It never will because it's never a three on three situation. I'm always a big believer in three on three hockey, though. You need to have the fastest players out there on the ice as possible. Skating is the most important skill there is in hockey. If you can really skate, you can make up for uh, errors in judgment. You can. if you're not great catching passes, you can skate to pick the puck up and do other things. I just think it's so important, particularly in today's NHL, where you're not allowed to interfere with guys, hook them, uh, you know, drag on them, hold them. Uh, even though Marchant certainly got away with a bunch today, as it did most of the Boston team after they went down three to two, and certainly after it was four to. Uh, you saw them taking some cheap shots. Um, I think Nelson got speared. Um, by McAvoy. Uh, like I said, Boston's kind of a cheap team, and we're going to, I hope we see them again. I'd love well, to play them in the playoffs, honestly. The funny thing about Boston, <laughs> Grump, that is, those are some strong words here, Grumpy old man. Not mincing your words tonight. Uh, Grumpy, the interesting thing, again, the season is young about the Boston Bruins, is against the New York Islanders so far, they are 0 2 and 0. But against every other team they've played so far this season, they're 10-0-2. So they've at least received a, a single point, if not a win, against every team they've played but the Islanders. And the Islanders have beaten them in regulation both times they've faced off. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? Good for us. Like I said, those are playoff-type games. Um, it got a little bit open uh, in the second period. Uh, in the, the end of the first period, I thought the play really opened up a little bit. And uh, – but I thought we played an outstanding game today. We really uh, – I mean, we deserved that win, honestly. Uh, if we would have lost somehow, I would have been really disappointed. I thought we outplayed Pittsburgh, and it was disappointing. We only came away with one point. You should never give up a goal in the last minute, but look who's out on the ice, right? The same cast of characters. He insists on rolling the same guys out there, your Nelsons, your Martins, your Clutterbucks. I'm like – Come on, man. Let's just be a little bit smarter. Those guys aren't producing, and you just continue to roll them out there. I'm just, I'm sorry. Give somebody else a chance to be, you know, to do the right thing. If you see somebody that's struggling, sit him for a couple of games, sit him for a whole game, let him watch. I mean, they should do that with Brock Nelson. I'll be honest with you. They should sit him for a game. Uh, maybe even a guy like Josh Bailey again. They both have not had great starts to the season, grumpy old man. And again, you don't reward poor play out there on the ice with more ice time and better opportunities and chances. Uh, grumpy old man, they, before we get to the comments, and again, I know this has been a little longer since we've gotten to the comments here and they're building up here. So we're going to have a fun one here, Grump, after this. Uh, there is another image I want to show you, grumpy old man. You have made many points before in the past about. AJ Malesko's hair, grumpy old man. I know it is a talking point of yours. It is. No, 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 no. I haven't talked about her hair in two weeks. <laughs> and it's, it's bad every night. So, I mean, I, just, I said, you know what? I've made my point about her hair. It's horrible. 
Um, you know, and I'm jealous. I mean, let's be honest. I'm jealous. Okay. I'm jealous. But all I know is if you're on national television, you should at least comb your hair. Grumpy, I know you're follically challenged. This is a post made, and again, Brian Brian sent this to us. Uh, he sent this message, and I'm glad he did. I just want to let you know, Grumpy old man, in case you were feeling like you were ever alone out there. I think I tried to blur that word. Uh, just just try not to look at that uh, dark area, Grumpy old man. It says, who with the blank styles AJ's hair? I would fire them. Grumpy old man, I just want to let you know that you are not the only person that notices that whenever AJ is on MSG, for whatever reason, the person who does her hair and makes sure that she looks presentable before she goes on air does not do a good job. Other people are starting to notice in the Islanders community, grumpy old man. Well, this has been the case for a long time now. I notice these things. Eventually, you know, I'm like Nostradamus. You know, all my predictions or everything that I say eventually come. Everyone starts to know. It just takes a while for the masses to catch up with the genius that is the grumpy old man. <laughs> grumpy. I, I just, I, I did want to mention before we get to the question, I just want to mention a couple of things that I noticed in the last couple of games. Uh, why the hell was Josh Bailey on shootout? Uh, uh, I, I, mean, I, I forgot, grumpy old man. It was funny. It was almost ironic. That last live stream, we were talking about what would a shootout lineup look like for the New York Islanders because so far this year they hadn't been in a shootout situation. And I remember I definitely said Jordan Everly, who was sure enough in there. I also said, surely they're going to put out Josh Bailey, or I thought they put out Josh Bailey. And sure enough, he was out there in shootout. And man, oh man, what a miserable attempt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's terrible. Like, wow. I mean, terrible, right? I mean, you know, the fourth line for as good as they played in that game, and they did. Um, they got outworked and outmuscled uh, on the goal to make it two to two. Um, I'll tell you what, Pittsburgh really carried the play in the third in that period. They are really strong on the forecheck. And that's where the fourth line should really stand out. And they just haven't been. They've been, they've been, that's their forte, right? Is aggressive on the forecheck, not staying in there in our in the off in the deep defensive zone, our our off defensive zone, and being able to press the play in the offensive zone. And they're just not doing it. It's the exact opposite. They're getting pinned in our own zone, and they're not able to hold the puck in. It's been a bad look for them. Um, Clutter Buck got injured a little bit there in the third, and even uh, in the second. And when he came back in the third, he was obviously hurting still, but he continued to go through his shift. Uh, Nelson, geez, turnover in third on a cross-ice pass. I mean, he didn't turn into a goal, but it's like, dude, stop throwing those weak-ass cross-ice passes in your own zone. I mean, I just can't watch anymore. One thing I noticed, and it happened again tonight, you saw Dobson paired with Letty. If you remember, before the season started, one of my big concerns was the pair of Letty and Mayfield. I didn't think they were a good match. I was worried about them. And Letty's like a minus seven now, right now, is he not? Um, yeah, Nick Letty is minus seven at the moment, grumpy old man. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't know what Mayfield is, but I'm going to guarantee it's not much better. Um, because they they're just they're just not good together. And today, they have, it seems like they have no communication. It's like they're both on opposite sides of the ice, and guys are just skating right down the middle. It's just frustrating to watch. And it's nice to see. I, I feel a Dobson is a, is a calming influence on Letty right now. As sad as that is, and I'm going to tell you again, by the end of the year, I don't care what Trot says or what he does with ice time. Dobson's going to be our best defenseman by the end of the year. Mark it down. Like people who say something about AJ's hair, mark it down. It's coming. 
<laughs> and I don't know if you knew that, but uh, Thursday was the 10th anniversary of Fight Night at the Coliseum. Yes, every, yes, yes. That was all. I know you don't have social media, grumpy old man. It was all over social media. It was all over Twitter, all over Facebook. Man, oh man. I was looking back at some of those fights, and they said the only remaining member on the Outers roster from that night is Josh Bailey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, think about that. And he got thrown out of the game, right? He got tossed out of that game. And actually, I think it was more because of how badly he plays and the referee and the umpire, the uh, referees didn't want to see it anymore. Just just go. Go to the locker room. I don't want to see you out here. You're so bad. I mean, there's no secondary assist to be had out here today. Just sit in the locker room for the rest of the game. Uh, like I said, I, I look, Josh Bailey. He's been and he's been terrible this year too. He's bad again today, right? Along the boards. He's trying to dipsy doodle between two and three guys. He just turns the puck over in his own zone. Clear the puck. Clear the puck. You're supposed you are on the first freaking line, Bailey. The first line. He's te he's terrible. He's terrible. All right. I wish we had four or five expansion drafts so we'd get rid of a whole bunch of these garbage. <laughs> and I wish the rules were any you can only expose guys who make more than five million dollars a year. That would get rid of all the guys I don't want to think. <laughs> Grumpyle man, I want to start getting some comments here. Uh, Frank saying that Barzal looks so mature now. And again, we had mentioned this right off the start of the season. Look comfortable shooting the puck more often. And we said what the biggest thing he needs to do in order to elevate his game to the next level and to move into that more elite tier status is to gain in the confidence, shoot the puck more often, Grumpy. And he seems to be doing that, and he's off to a absolute fire start, Grumpy. Right. Um he has taken a quantum leap jump. Quantum leap used to be a TV show in the 1980s starring Scott Bakula as a scientist who uh, was able to jump through time, but uh, he wasn't perfected and he just wound up hopping, hopping from situation to situation for five years. So it was fantastic. It was a good TV show. Um, I enjoyed it anyway. Uh, but that's certainly Matt Barzal has taken that quantum leap. Uh, from last year. And we, we saw it right from the first game, honestly. He is uh, – I'm not going to say he's an MVP candidate. That's a little strong. But he's certainly – I think he's certainly one of the top 10 or 15 players in the league now for sure. Yeah, I was about to say, and it's it's funny. You always see him get a lot of disrespect. And I'm not sure if it's because he played for the Islanders or what the reason is. But when they go ahead and compile top forwards in the NHL, he always gets left off like the top 50 list or something like that. As a top 50 skaters in the NHL, he's always omitted. And it the always reason, shocks me. The reason is because he plays for this team that doesn't believe in any offense. If he played on any other team where they let him show his skill, uh, he'd be much higher rated. Remember, he, if – if you're not playing defense on this team, you're not going to play. I said it before, Gretzky, Bossy, Lemieux, they never could have played for this team. Never. They, they didn't play enough defense. didn't matter. Gretzky put up 200 points a year, right? It doesn't matter. We don't want you. You don't play enough defense. We don't care if you score 92 goals in a season. We don't need that. We need you to come back and back check. Okay, Grumpy. Uh, this is a first time I've seen a question like this, Grumpy old man. And this is going to test – your expertise, Grumpy. And I was about to say, your hockey expertise needs to come into play. Also, a little bit of a song expertise. Uh, Jam says, are we going to talk about the Islanders' win song? Uh, Maxim Nightingale. Isn't Max, Maxine Nightingale. Maxine Nightingale. Sorry, Grumpy old man. Isn't an excitement. Isn't I don't I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I haven't heard the song. Maybe it's uh, – her big song was 
uh, get right back to where you're starting from, where you started from. I would love oh, to yeah. break out. I'd love to break out a song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was about to say, Grumpy. I'm glad you went ahead and said the you word. You gotta there. get right back to where you started from. <laughs> Love to be it was a good song. Watch the movie Slapshot. It's in there numerous times. I was about to say, Grumpy old man. I do remember. And that. it's a great song. I love that song. I love that song. That was that was her big. That was her big song. <laughs> uh, John commenting and saying, "If the B line there, that second line would wake up, we'd be scary." And again, ideally, you hope when Anthony Pavillier returns back to the lineup, he gets cemented back in there on the second line. Uh, you know, as much as I think Michael Doe Cole over the last few games has played well, and I think tonight was probably his best game we've seen in quite some time, uh, Bavillier is definitely going to be on that second line. And if they're able to go ahead and get movement started on the second line, man, oh, man, grumpy old man. Uh, the thing is, I think one thing you know about Anthony Bavillier, when he's challenged – he responds. Uh, so I think when he comes back, because he was invisible before he was injured, just like the whole line was invisible. Um, right now, Everly is playing extremely well. Del Cole, I mean, Brock Nelson is the weak link on that line right now. He, Like I said, I'm wondering if there's something wrong with him, if he's got some type of injury, because he's nowhere near the player he was the last two years. He's gone back to being the Brock Nelson before Barry Trotz, just a floater on the ice uh, that I've always that I've always hated. And it's disappointing to see him like that. I mean, I'm not going to say it's because he signed the big contract because he was under that contract last year yeah. and he did perform, which, you know, makes me, and I don't know if he's injured, but it makes me question maybe he is. Maybe he has some type of injury. But if that's the case, sit him down, let him heal up and give somebody else a shot. Give Jarnak a shot. I mean, why not? Grumpy old man here, comment here from Dirk. How you doing, Dirk? Uh, saying Leo deserves another game or two if he can keep. Or uh, Leo also deserves another game or two if he can keep it up. Okay, this is Dirk from Germany, and I know just on his comments the last time that he loves Leo because he told me to be nice to Leo. Told me to be nice to Holmstrom. Nice to Simon Holmstrom, Grumpy old man, the yeah. one you call Casper. He is Casper. He's a ghost. He's a ghost out on the ice. He's invisible, and he looks like Casper. So. Uh, you know what? Leo's played seven games and he's played one good game. One. I just, I don't know. I don't think he's done enough to cement himself a spot. He's played four games in a row and he's only played one good one. Is this one? I'll be, I'll be honest with you, grumpy old man. And again, contingent on how he plays going forward. If Leo Komarov was able to put forward the effort that we saw tonight out of him every single game, I'd have no problem with him finding a spot or a consistent spot. That third line was – and again, I think Jean-Gabriel Pajot deserves a lot of credit for the way they played tonight. The third line took it to the Boston Bruins all night long. And again, if they're able to find some sort of chemistry with Komarov, um, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and Wallstrom, and they're able to fire the way they did tonight on a consistent basis, man, oh, man, that's something you don't touch. Even though you know I've said before here, I don't, I don't want Leo in the lineup every single night – if that's something that continues to play and produce for you, don't fix what's not broken. Right. I mean, you know, I, I don't think – I think it's more Pajot. As Pajot goes, that line goes. I mean, Wallstrom, the one thing I'm impressed with Wallstrom, he's not afraid to go into the corners. What I am afraid is they're going to turn him into a freaking grinder as opposed to letting him do what he does best, which is shoot the puck. 
I mean, that's the one thing that seems like we do. He doesn't get a whole lot of shots He's because he's playing the grinder game all the time. He had four shots tonight, grumpy old man. Yeah, but I, I want I want that kid I want that kid higher up on line, first of all. Or well, you, you want you want him to have more offensive chances than what he's receiving now. Again, John Gabriel Peugeot is able to create offense and they had a great night tonight, but he's a guy who really doesn't play more than eleven, sometimes max twelve minutes a night. And that's just not where you think he should be right now. Is that correct, Grumpy? What is what is his strength? What what is what does he do best? Shoot the puck and score goals, right? That's that's what he does best. Why would you not put somebody like that in a position to succeed? See, those are those are the things that frustrate me. If this is what the guy does best, put what does your team need? Your team needs goal scores. This kid is a goal scorer, but you don't put him in a position to be a goal scorer. You put him on a third line, grind it out winger. That's what you do. I mean, those are the things I just find frustrating, you know, just as a fan, just watching. It's, and you reward guys like Josh freaking Bailey, by mo- and he doesn't do anything anywhere, but he somehow managed to migrate up to the first line all the time. I would just, I'd love to see Wallstrom with uh, with Barzal just for a couple of games, just see what it looks like. We had one game where Pajot, Bellows, and Wallstrom were on the line. They played really well that game. One game, psh, sorry, I forgot. Y'all are too young. The average age on this line is below the required limit, grumpy old man, or the requirement there, grumpy. Speaking of Josh Bailey, Brian wants to know, can we waive Josh Bailey? I'll tell you one thing. Well, he'd be picked up. But if we waive Josh Bailey and he wasn't picked up and he plays the way and, you know, he was able to bounce back the same way Leo was after he was waived, uh, sure, why not? But, yeah, uh, Josh Bailey, man, oh, man, he's a guy who really needs to step up his play. And I know he got an assist against the Penguins, grumpy old man, but – Man. Secondary assist. Secondary assist. Was it grumpy? I'm not even. I'm not even sure. Was it the uh, secondary assist? Of course, it was a secondary assist. It's all he does. He never actually sets anyone up. When you, Bailey, say, when you say stuff like, "Of course, it was a secondary assist," I can't trust you, grumpy old man. When you it say was Bailey something. to Letty, and then Letty to whoever scored. Okay. And I will say, I mean, you know, you think about it, that Pittsburgh game. Casey Zizekas had a really nice goal. He had a really nice goal, and. uh John Gabriel Prajot had a really beautiful tip. I mean, you know. Can we talk I, about that goal by Casey Zizekas? And it's funny, right? You know, on the last live stream, we were talking about, hey, once Casey's contract's up, don't go ahead and bring him back for a large-term contract. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it's funny. Immediately afterwards, he makes a highlight real-worthy goal. I'll tell you one thing about that goal. That Moreno kid, holy crap, what a poor job of playing the puck. Gets a caught there and escapes. He doesn't go ahead and clear it. Casey takes the puck from him, dispossesses him. He's falling down to the ice, one skate on the ice, I think, and he's you know maneuvering the puck around, putting a move on, and he scores. Man, oh, man, that was a beautiful goal by Casey Sezikis. It's funny. Butch says how that is already going to be up for the goal of the month, and not even ooh, two periods later, Matt Barzal puts in that worldly goal where he undresses Joseph and puts it top shelf, and I'm just like, man, oh, man, can it get better? Yeah, Butch described that goal, and he brought up the Mike Bossy goal against Vancouver in the Stanley Cup Finals. He's like, oh, it was like that. And they show the replay. Oh, well, he was on one foot. All right, you know, there's been a lot of goals scored when you're on one foot, uh, but not too many when you're on no feet like Bossy. So it doesn't really qualify. And I'm sure Butch, 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 I'm sure Butch wishes that he had taken that, he could have a, a different take on that. So but it, was, it was a nice goal for Casey Zegas. 
And I'm going to say again, just because you play one good game or score one good goal is no reason to give a guy a longstanding contract. You know, there was a coach who used to coach for the New York Giants, Jim Fassel. And he would – he was just – he was an average coach. And they were a team that had talent. But it seemed he would go 6-10, and 10, then he'd go 11-5, and five, and then 5-11, and 11, and then – you know, 10 and six, and he did just enough. He led him to a, uh, a Super Bowl one year where they got run out of the uh, park by the Ravens. And he always did just enough to keep his job. It was, it was infuriating. And as soon as the Giants fired him, he was gone off the planet. I think he had to go to college to be an assistant, you know, quarterbacks coach because he just wasn't a good head coach. And that's what I see with a lot of our guys. They do just enough to, oh, look. Remember when he did this 10 years ago? Look, he just did it today. I know he hasn't done it in three years, but he did it today. Let's give him a new contract. I mean, it's just frustrating. But as far as waving Josh Bailey, somebody would pick him up. Uh, even, even with these tight financial caps, I think somebody would pick him up. Like it, I said, it was it was a Joe Grumpy old man because they wave Leo Komarov and he comes out hair on fire. So maybe we can do the same thing for Josh Bailey. But seriously, I just want to wave him to get him off the team. Stop, grumpy old man. Uh, comment here from David saying, Grump, so he's not below average Anders tonight. Again, I think I think Anders Lee, as I've said, and as I'm going to keep building my case for it this year, I think he's had a bounce-back season. Last year, he, I thought, was uh, he was pedestrian at best. This year, I think he's really picking up his play. And again, I thought he had a good play tonight. That was an excellent pass there to Matt Barzal for the one-time attempt there in a power play. A great he job. Did play, yeah, he did play well tonight. And but there's another case. He's just average today. He was just average. He did make a nice pass to Barzell for the winning goal. Absolutely. Uh, but again, has he earned the seven million dollars he's getting paid this year? Nope. Absolutely not. He's had a lot of games. He's he he can't skate. Uh, he did make a nice pass. But how many times? I'm going to tell you what. If it was the other way around, where Barzell would have made that pass to him, that was not a goal. Absolutely not. He either would have shot it off the back of the net or probably just buried guy right in the chest. He would have hit Rask right in the right in the right in the right in the crest. That's what would have happened. He wouldn't have scored. Guarantee that. A grumpy old man. Comment here from two minutes of pessimisticking saying Grumpy is gonna eat a crow. Michael Dale Cole and Leo Komarov played well. Again, you want to use a you want to use a 60 minute. Oh, how many minutes did they even play tonight? 13 minute. You want to use a, a 13 minute and a 16-minute sample size, go right ahead. Hold on. I'll bro. be proven right. In the long run, I'll be proven right. Michael Delco, what do you what do you put on the score sheet today? Nothing. Hold on, Grumpy Old Man. I want to ask you this, right? I think Michael Del Cole has played well a few games in a row. Leo, I think this has been his one shining moment so far this season. I think Michael Del Cole has actually been playing pretty decent hockey. Again, not a guy who's going to put up a lot there on a, on a score sheet. And, you know, it's unfortunate he's in this second line because he's not a second-line player. He's being forced into that role. Uh, and, and that's my thing, right? I know that's why you're frustrated. You have guys that would project to be top six players – that are playing bottom six roles, and you have a guy who's going to be destined to be a bottom six player who's playing a top six role. I understand your frustration. I do, grumpy old man. My thing is, I think Michael Cole has played admirably, and, it, and again, tonight was a very, very good performance by him. This guy was the fifth pick in the draft. The fifth pick in the draft. Dreisaitl, Ekblad. Who are the other guys in that draft? 
a grumpy. Hold on. This is this is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about whether he's panned out to where he okay. was drafted. Okay. Most certainly he's not, and he never will. Okay. You're a second line player. What are second line players supposed to do? Score. Well, yeah, they top. are supposed to score. That is your your secondary scoring line. Has he scored any goals? Nope. Got a couple of assists on beautiful Everly shots. Uh, and I'm not saying he hasn't played. He's probably played to the top of his ability. He's not a second-line player. He's a fourth-line player. If he was on the fourth line, I'd have no problem with him. It's the fact that you elevate him to the second line that frustrates me. I mean, Everly's doing – all that goal scoring is Everly on his own. All okay, okay, though, grumpy old man. Michael DeCole has played well, though, this season, and he's played well enough, I think, in a shortened time period where he could – again, he, he makes also a claim that he should be receiving minutes. That's my thing, right? And, again, like, it's unfortunate. He, he's, not a, he's not a top six player. He doesn't fit into a top six mold or a uh, stereotypical top six mold, grumpy old man, but he has played well. Where Leo Komarov, I think, has had one shiny game, which was tonight. I think they're different scenarios. He asked who – who was in that draft, Grumpy Old Man? I got that pulled up. Aaron Ekblad, Leandre Saddle, uh, Sam Reinhardt there, and Sam Bennett. Yeah, and then you got Michael Del Cole. Look, I mean, which one of these? Which one of these does not belong? It's Michael Del Cole. I'll be honest. All the other guys have played a myriad of games in the NHL. Has he? Has Michael Del Cole even played more than fifty games in the NHL? Here's the thing, right? You talked about no, he's played like sixty some odd games, Grumpy Old Man, I believe. Sam, Sam Bennett has had again. He's another guy who hasn't lived up to the the expectations either, Grumpy Old Man. But again, that's neither here nor there. That's not the topic of discussion, Grumpy Old Man. Another comment here from Brian uh, Grumpy. If you had to choose a jersey to wear, is it Martin or Leo Komarov? I'd wear a blank. I'd be the unknown. Islander fan. I wouldn't wear a number. No, I'd wear a Martin jersey. If I had to choose between two, absolutely Martin. Longtime Islander. Leo, he's from communist Russia. Why the hell would I wear his yeah, He's He's, again, dual citizenship there, Finland and Russia, Grumpy Old Man. Michael Del Cole's played 90 games, though, Grumpy, so I do want to go ahead okay. and give him that contract. How many points does he have? Do you have how many points he scored in 90, in 90 games? I'm just, I'm just interested. I don't know. Probably Grumpy, I just want you to take a wild guess because I've got it pulled up in front of me. 25? 19. 19. 19. 19 goals. 19 no, no, goals. Not, not 19, 19 goals. 19 points. points. 19 points. Think about that. In 90 games, and he's on our second line. That says it all, doesn't it? 19 points in 90 games. That's Josh Bailey-like. <laughs> Brian, again, Brian, I feel like we have a lot of Brian's. They're all different Brian's. For people who listen to the podcast, they're all a whole bunch of different Brian's. And I don't want to butcher last names, so I just say Brian is the first name there uh, to make it easy on myself. Brian, uh, Brian, B. Brian B. There you go, Grumpy. I will say the letter of the last name. Brian B. says, it just goes to show everybody's opinions on Leo's play. Shit, he had a two-point game, and we're handing him the MVP. <laughs> that, that's, that's my whole point. These guys have been – okay, most Islander fans think everybody on their team is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And when they get ripped, they don't like it, even though it's justified. Because I'm going to tell you what, if Josh Bailey had a five-goal night, everyone would come out ripping me because Josh Bailey had five goals in one night, which would probably be all the goals he'll score all year long. But they'd be saying how great Josh Bailey is because he did it. And Brian is exactly right. He had a two-point game, and everyone thinks he's great. We should reshuffle all the lines because he had a two-point game. Let, we don't even care that we forgot that he gave up 
how many points uh, in games earlier this year because he wouldn't move his feet. He takes a bad penalty. If his name is Matt Barzal, we're going to bury him. But Leo Komarov, you know, he used to be good when he played for Toronto five years ago. Well, you know what? This isn't five years ago. This is 2021. All righty, grumpy old man. We got a comment here from John F. saying, "Could Leo get picked up tonight on waivers? I mean, if your team needs a grinding fourth line player and you like what you saw tonight, uh, do you take him? I'll put it like this: I think with the contract, and again, maybe if it was on a one-year contract, sure. If a team was rebuilding and they had a whole bunch of cap, maybe because he is a good locker room guy, and again, he does have assets to his game where he's good on the penalty kill. Even though we really haven't seen too much of that, well, I guess we saw our first taste." of the plus on the penalty kill tonight when he was able to go ahead and get that assist there uh, to Jean-Gabriel Pajot. But with the term and the cap that he sucks up as a fourth-line player, I'm saying probably not. No one's going to pick him up on waivers. He passes through waivers. They can, they, I think they have to do it once a month. It's not a problem. He's never going to get picked up. Would you pick up that contract? Would you pick up Leo Komarov? I mean, I don't. an expansion team wouldn't even pick him up. A beer league wouldn't even pick him up. Okay. Grumpy old man. Alexander here saying Del Cole, even though he's not scoring, is making plays and he's not the same Del Cole from before. I'll tell you one thing. I thought when he originally came up after he was having a good performance that year in Bridgeport, I thought his play was good. Last year, I thought it was shaky at best. And again, I was ready to, to give up there in a Michael Del Cole experiment. And again, I think his first few games he played didn't really show much. I'll tell you, he's played admirably. It's unfortunate he's not a top six guy and he's been forced into a top six role. I'm curious to see as you know how that changes when he does have different line mates and he's playing more of that bottom six role. And again, that that's the biggest thing, right, Grumpy Old Man? My whole issue with Michael Del Cole is, and I think he is playing up to his capabilities. It's just that he's just a guy. There's nothing special about Michael Del Cole. Yes, why are we saying anything about Michael Delho? Because he's been so brutally bad in the past that anything that resembles an upgrade, and for him it's just hustling and going hard into corners. Oh, my God, look at how good he's playing. Compare him to other players around the league or even other players on this team. Is Michael Del Cole the answer in any way, shape, or form for the second line? Nope. Even on the third line? Maybe. If you put him out there with uh, Pajot and Wallstrom, optimally, I could see him on the fourth line. But he's easily replaceable. I mean, let's be honest, right? Is Michael Del Cole, do you see any real upside in him? Has he shown that he can bring anything else to the table? This team is loaded with third and fourth line players, even in the minors. That's who we draft now, Lundkrantz, right? We draft Third Grumpy. and fourth line players. Grumpy, you forgot. You're supposed to butcher Lundkrantz's name. No, I try to get it right. I just mess it up. Uh, Lundkrantz. I mean, we're drafting third and fourth line players. It's not what we need. We have plenty of those. If you're not somebody who's a first line player or a second line player, what's the sense of having you? Because we're loaded with third and fourth line. Gotcha, grumpy old man. Frank K chiming in saying Brock sees a player as Brock sees every player as Vasilevsky. He needs a therapist with him every game. Uh, <laughs> and two minutes of pessimistic can also chiming in saying uh, tonight's game unfortunately means that Komarov is going to play next game. Certainly he is because I mean he's been playing like shit and he still gets a start every night. Now he has one good game that guarantees him the next twenty. 
Grumpy old man. Here you go. Again, apparently with uh, Staples' comment, a lot of people think that Staples just stirring the pot. Again, I I don't know. I I've, I follow Staples' tweets all the time. Um, M-K-N-Y-C-T-O. Again, I, I might even try to pronounce what that is. Uh, but he says maybe Staples just trying to stir the pot there with that earlier comment, grumpy old man, talking about Leo Mike. <laughs> I'm Arthur Staple. What can I do? What should I post tonight? Leo Komarov's making stuff real difficult for Barry Drots when Lillian comes back. Woo! That's Cocaine's a powerful drug. Brian P. chiming in there. It's, a it's not drug. cocaine. It's definitely it's definitely pot. No. I mean, if he did it with Oh my God, Leo Komarov. What can I do with Leo Komarov? Get him back in the lineup. Michael McCall, what am I going to do with him? Yeah, Grumpy. Too much pessimistic sticking saying, uh, was Komarov a good player five years ago? I don't know. I don't watch too much hockey outside was, of the New York Islanders. Yeah, he was he was a solid third-line player five years ago. Physical, would chip in some goals, was you know everything that they advertised him to be, which he can't really do now for the most part. He did. He was a solid player. Good locker room guy uh, who played, uh, like I said, on the third line was was really physical for a smaller guy. Um, Again, he was he was another guy. He was another guy who was a pest, grumpy old man. He was putting up thirty six, you know, mid thirties in points every single season as a bottom six guy who was really, you know, gets underneath the skin there. You know, the opposing team stars can go ahead and be locked down on the defensive side of the puck and kill the penalties at an extremely high rate. So yeah, certainly five years ago, he definitely had a niche and a role. He just, he just, he's just not that player anymore. I mean, you know, there's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but just don't try, you know, uh, don't pee on me and tell it's, tell me it's raining because that's just not, that's just not the case. I'm sorry. Here we go. Grumpy. I'm glad it was brought up by Brian J saying everyone's not talking about Sallow. I'm glad we signed him. I'll tell you one thing, Grumpy. I texted you immediately as soon as we signed Robin Sallow. I said, this is huge. And again, like I knew as a, a foregone conclusion, Robin Sallow would join the New York Islanders organization there with an official contract sooner rather than later. Um, it looks like probably this year after he finishes up in the Swedish Elite League, after they finish up their playoff run, he will be over maybe in Bridgeport in some capacity. I'll tell you one thing. He's performed admirably, and he's performed very, very well there um, in Obero, I believe it is, in the Swedish Elite League. So that's a guy that I'm looking forward to see how he plays. I'll probably tell you, grumpy old man, he probably won't really optimally – or optimally he probably won't get a chance – realistically he won't get a chance probably till next year, grumpy old man, to crack the Islanders lineup. How old is he? He is 21, about to be 22 years old. No shot of playing on this roster. None. Zero. You will not see him this year, probably not next year either. Like Grump, said, when, you, when you say stuff like that, Grumpy Old Man, they have they have Noah Dobson who is completely conflicting that point of view, Grumpy. They had to play Noah Dobson. They had to play him. I think the uproar would have been so much this year if they didn't play him. The only reason he was on the roster last year is they won, didn't want to send him back to juniors. If there was an option to put him in Bridgeport, that's where he would have been all year long. He never would have played for us. They just didn't have the option of sending him to Bridgeport. That's the only reason he was on the big team. That said, they're going to let this kid rot down there in the minors for a while. I'll tell you what, you know, I know the expansion draft is still a ways off, but I'm questioning who I'm protecting in the back end. I really am. To me, there's only, and I don't think our defense has played that well this year. I think everyone's taking a step back and Dobson's taking a step up. Uh, but I mean, you look at, you're going to protect Pellick and Pulak. And I was all on the fence with Mayfield over Letty, 
now I don't know. I might try to, I know they're not going to do it, but I might try to move Letty for something and expose, uh, I'm sorry, move Mayfield for something with his cheap contract and expose Letty. I'm, I'm even considering that, especially if you see something from Sallow, uh, don't be afraid to incorporate the young people. Well, he, he's 22 now, Grumpy. I was wrong there. He'll be 23 there probably to start it next year. It and again, I, this is – this is hold on, Grump. Stop real quick. This is the point, Grumpy old man. The, the Mayfield and Letty experiment, albeit is young so far this season, it's not working out. I mean, like that, that's just something that's not going to work out. I'm not sure if it's going to work out long-term either. And, again, that worries me long-term. It makes me think that those two players will be uh, – will be moved in some capacity because when you do have the uh, the defensive prospects that we do, you have the ability to pull there from, you know, AHL. And again, you do have guys like Sebastian Ajo, Parker Weatherspoon, Grant Hutton, Bodie Wild. The list goes on and on. Mitchell Van Sopp, Ryan, uh, Robin Sallow. There's a Samuel Bolduck. The list goes on and on. And when you have players up there on a team that's very, very defensive oriented and a team that does a pretty good job on in their own, in their own zone, that's just, I mean, they're laying a goose egg this year. Nick Letty and you know Scott Mayfield, you wonder what the long-term future is for that lineup. What do you – I mean, think about it. Dobson's been playing with Letty. So that means that Dobson has already moved on past Andy Green, who I felt he was carrying. But what's the real thing that it says? For me, it says, my gosh, Devon Taves was really good and was carrying Scott Mayfield. And, you know, I've always been a Scott Mayfield fan. I've always liked him. I feel we need players like that, but with the wrong partner, like someone, and I don't, I just don't think Letty's that good anymore. He's not the Josh, he's not the Nick Letty of four years ago. He just isn't. And I think that's hurting because Mayfield does have his limitations where the puck movement that Devon Taves created for us made him, uh, it's where he was not exposed as often as he has been this year teaming with Nick Letty. And I think it's hurt both players. And if you remember the beginning of the year, that was my big thing. I was really worried about them as a defense pairing because I just didn't think that they were, I just didn't think it was a good fit. And I've been proven once again, I've been proven right on that. Well, I was about to say grumpy again, like it's Scott Mayfield. You mentioned he's always important to have guys who are top six defensemen who can fill the role there as, you know, a bottom pairing guy with cost certainty, uh, that do have that experience. So it's not like you're always trying out a young rookie in that spot year over year. Um, it's nice to have that on the team, but yeah, they just, it, it haven't gelled. It hasn't worked out so far. And again, albeit it's, it's young and it's early yet in the season. They could turn things around, but that line's been out there for a lot of goals against so far this year. And they get hemmed up in their own zone. They're unable to clear the puck. It's just not a good showing so far. So you hope they're able to turn things around if they don't, you know, I don't think that line's going to be there long-term then. Well, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season. So, you know, if it's not working now, is it going to work? Because it seems like they get worse every game. I mean, I even have it in my notes, my trusty notepad. I even have it down. That man, another down game for those two. It's just their communication isn't good. And they just, I just think that their weaknesses are the same. And I think that that's, that's what hurts them. 
Uh, oh, at least at least on the defensive side of the puck in their own zone, their weaknesses are the same. Because I was about to say, and a weakness of Scott Mayfield's is, yeah, he, he doesn't skate as well as you'd like a defenseman to do. Um, but, you know, again, certain, they do have different strengths for certain and a little bit different weaknesses, but they struggle with the same, you know, losing the puck, getting dispossessed, throwing the puck off the middle of the ice. The things that you learn in peewees and might hockey that you shouldn't do. Uh, grumpy old man comment here from brad c on youtube ah we don't get a lot of comments here on youtube glad you're tuning in here brad uh two games uh two wins and two games played over the bruins this season good to uh good to see that trend end well i don't know if that's a, a trend is something like more than seven shot points so uh two is a good start and i'd love to see seven straight wins over them hold on grumpy old man I think you may have just taught me another thing. Hold on. A trend has to be seven plotted points. Is this accurate? Seven, date, seven straight data points to be a trend. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't know that, grumpy old man. Hmm. That's my business. <laughs> the grumpy old man is in the business of trends. Yeah, right. but that's definitely. It doesn't have to be, you know, just like that's a trend. That's something we definitely want to see continue. I know you said you want to see us play the Boston Bruins come playoff time. I just don't like Boston. I, I just don't like them. And yep. I'm, I'm afraid to play the Flyers because if games go to overtime, we're going to lose those, even though I think we're vastly superior to the Flyers. Well, if the games go to overtime when it's a three-on-three -three format, for certain, I think the Flyers do have an advantage over us. Five-on-five -five play, not so sure, because I think we we are a, a mismatch for the, the Flyers, Grumpy. Did the Flyers beat us three games in last playoff series all in overtime? That is true. They did beat us three times in overtime, Grumpy Old Man, or two times or three times in overtime in the playoffs, and they've beaten us twice this year in overtime or shootout. I is it overtime or shootout, or is it just over? Yeah, it was overtime. just overtime. overtime. Overtime this year. That's just about a trend. <laughs> we're, we're, we're using the terms there, Grumpy Old Man. Brian J saying, rumor has it uh, Sorokin is going to the AHL for a few for, for more games. Uh, you, told, you, you talked about this earlier, Grumpy Old Man. The young guy has to be getting some ice time. It's unfortunate that the AHL for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers is not playing a real season. They're only playing 24 games this year, um, you know. Barry Trotz says that he expects maybe that uh, Sorokin will play either Monday or Tuesday against the Buffalo Sabres for that back-to-back -back action. And then after that, he wouldn't rule out the possibility of moving him down there to Bridgeport to get more action. Yep. Barry called me. Uh, he said, I've been listening to the podcast. I understand what you're saying. You know what, grumpy old man? I don't know why I just don't call you like Lou does whenever I want to make a move or thinking about somebody or if there's anything that you think we should be doing as a team. Uh, I have mentioned this the last couple of weeks. If you're not going to play him up at the, up with the big team, send him down to the A, let him play games down there just so – I mean, right, what's the thing? He looked a little bit out of place with the size of the rink, where to be in the net at certain times. I think playing in the AHL will help him get used to, okay, my positioning because I think that's his biggest thing and rebound control, um, even though he's gotten better at that for the couple of games he's played. But with a young guy, and he's not even young, he's 25. He has to play. You want this kid ready to go for next season. You don't want to have to go in with, oh, geez, you know, now I have a 34-year-old Varlamov or whatever he is, 33 or 34, and we still don't know about Salah. Remember, you got to give him a contract at the end of the year. So you kind of want to know where he stands before you start throwing silly money at him. I mean, it's just, it's just smart. 
So uh, Barry should have been a little bit smarter, like the grumpy old man. Uh, David C. saying, TJ, where's the fire hydrant? No worries. It's always here, always in commission, always getting used during the live streams. Grumpy old man shaking your head. What for? I mean, why do you need some type of, you know, Fred Flintstone brontosaurus burger jug? You know, I'm just I don't know. I don't know why you need something that big. I mean, you could make I mean, I got a bottle here. Do you really drink that much water? Yes. Or whatever. I don't even know what's in there. What's in there? Water. Just water. Straight water, grumpy old man. Uh, comment from Brian P. And now that Brian P. was the one who sent us the uh, this the uh, the post there from AJ's hair. So again, thank you there, Brian P. Uh, saying, can we get a GoFundMe page for Leo's one way ticket to Russia? LOL. Just go ahead and throwing that in because it is funny there, grumpy old man. Well, all I know is uh, I don't know what Brian does for a living, but I know he makes more money than I do, uh, and I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna assume he probably makes more money than Brian also. And if he doesn't, Brian, do you want to adopt a grumpy old man? Uh, but if he does, he can pay for his own ticket. <laughs> uh, grumpy. Again, another comment here from David C. Now, the grumpy old man's couch looks comfortable. Grumpy, is that a comfortable couch? It's got a rocking chair ability, but it looks... When you're old, you need that. It's got the little kick-up seat, which I don't use during the podcast. I has I want to be comfortable. Like you see TJ, man, he's like sitting in that chair. I'm ready, I'm jacked up, ready to go. You know, I just, I'm here to relax, man. You know, I'm just comfortable with my spot in the world. I'm fine. I'm fine right here. And it is comfortable. Gets a little rocking going sometimes. Yeah, it's real nice. Thank you, David. Yeah, grumpy old man. Too much best mistake saying, don't play Lee in overtime. Again, it... I think a lot of people are sharing the same sentiment. And again, I, I know Tommy Baffy was talking about it there earlier on in the week too. Man, oh man, you can't you can't play quote unquote the skill players. You have to play the more speedy players. That's what's going to go ahead and expose mistakes there in three on three play. I'm going to disagree with two minutes pessimistic there. You do play Lee if you don't want to get that second point. <laughs> Well, grumpy old man, I'm going to say they probably do want to get the two points in those those overtime games and scenarios they have. And I agree with him. You don't play Lee in overtime. <laughs> he makes the same mistakes all the time. He gets a little bit of pressure. He just throws blindly throws the, the pass and gets picked off. And he doesn't – he can't – it's not that he doesn't hustle. He just doesn't have the capability of doing it. His, his skating is terrible. Sorry. Oh, grumpy old man. And that's just – honestly, that's a place we miss Bavillier is, on, is in overtime. Absolutely, I think so too. Again, he was a guy who played and logged a lot of overtime minutes because he can skate. He's got the ability to go ahead and change that momentum. He's got that quick pop to him. Think about who we put out there to start the overtime period. Nelson, who's been abysmal this year. Bailey, who's just Bailey, and Nick Letty. I thought I thought our overtime, our first line was Barzal, Anders Lee, Nick Letty. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. That's the line they usually roll out there. But I know that Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey, I believe, are partners there in overtime. You're just kind of like, yikes. I mean, just why are you rolling those two guys out there? I mean, they don't do anything. I mean, Lee can't skate. Bailey, I don't know. He's a human turnover. Won't shoot the puck. And then I don't even know. It doesn't even matter. who. The, I think but maybe it is. Maybe it was Pulak back there. But, I mean, what's Pulak going to do? Who You know who doesn't get any time in three-on-three? No Dobson. I thought I thought Noah Dobson gets some minutes in three and three, does he not? Okay. I don't know. 
a grumpy old man. I'll be honest. I don't pay too much attention there to, to who's out there in the ice in three on three play. It's so high octane and it's so fast paced. Usually I'm just watching a pocket. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I'm, I'm going to correct myself. I believe he does, but not big minutes. It's not, it's not big minutes. It's Pulak and uh, Letty mostly. Yeah, but but uh, Dobson Dobson does get minutes. So Grump, old man. David C saying, Grump, we need you to style AJ's hair. Is that a task you're up to for Grumpy old man? You want to make sure AJ's got her hair in line? I, I was about to say, Grumpy old man. I, I'm AJ. Look at it. It's all over the freaking place. I say, and usually, uh, seriously, usually I comb my hair and I put a little spray on it so it doesn't go crazy because I got a little cowlick and it makes my hair just go really stupid looking. I mean, hey, I know what I got. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie to the people. I know, I know my strengths and weaknesses. You know, I got to slick it down and, you know, spray it up so it doesn't go all over the place. But here's the thing: I'm not on national television. Today, I didn't put the product in. So what am I doing? I'm wearing an Islanders cap. TJ complains. I don't wear any Islanders gear. Well, here you go. I'm wearing an Islanders cap, right? <laughs> so, you know, but the only reason I'm wearing the Islanders cap, honestly, is because I didn't put any product in my hair. But AJ, come on. I mean, I you know, I promise not to pick on AJ, but people are, you know, they're provoking me. <laughs> but I'm not lying. I'm not lying. When she's on NBC Sports, they have somebody who says, okay, they, they fix her hair for her. I don't think she has anybody at, uh, you know, New York Sports or whatever, MSG, whatever, whatever it is. I don't think she has anybody who looks after her. They just say, okay, go out there. And that's what she does. I mean, I'm going to give Shannon credit. At least her hair looks good. <laughs> Grumpy, a comment here from Sal P saying, Josh taking that last shootout attempt was an absolute joke. He hasn't done anything at all this season. That should have been a Wallstrom shot. That is so true. You forget. Oliver Wallstrom has the great ability to take those shootout shots. He's really successful there in it. Again, that's it, the funny thing is I totally had forgotten when he was 12 years old. I know he went viral for that little, uh, that shootout shot he had. It's like, there's one of those things that, oh, okay. You saw what, you know, years ago and you, and you, like when we drafted him, I was like, Oh, cool. he was that guy. I, I had no idea. So again, like Oliver Wallstrom and not just speaking on that particular one, he also excelled there in, you know, uh, the USHL, um, as well there uh, with those shootout attempt shots. He does well in shootout. You just wonder why he wasn't rolled out there for shootout. Because he's not one of, he's not one of the sacred cows on the team. Josh Bailey, sh that looked like what I would have done on shootout. And I haven't played hockey in forever. That's what it looks like. That's what it would look like when an almost 60-year-old man would go out there and go on a shootout. That's what it looks like. I mean, Josh Bailey... Uh, I, I, I honestly, I'm like, you have to be freaking kidding me. When he rolled out there, I'm like, all right. I just, I said, I might as well just turn TV off. Game's over. Because you knew he wasn't scoring. I just terrible. That was our first shootout of the season, by the way. Yes. Yes, it was, Grumpy Old Man. A comment here from Dirk also saying, why is Aho not getting a shot? Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, it's not like Scott Mayfield has been sensational out there. It's not like Nick Letty has been sensational out there. I would have no problem at all sitting Letty, because I think uh, Ajo is a left-handed shot, I believe. I would have no problem at all sitting Letty for a night, but he's never going to do that. He believes in Letty ab above and beyond anything else. That's all they care about. Well, they, Letty, if, you're not a trusted, if you're not a trusted veteran – once you become a, once you become a made man, so to speak, a mafia term. Once you become a made man, 
It's you have to be killed to get off of that lineup. That's the way it is with trots. Oh man, I was trying to remember Grumpy Old Man from uh from The Godfather. Oh, oh that was, uh, that was, that was the fishes. He sleeps with the fishes. I don't remember his name started with a B. Uh, um, Luca Brasi. Luca Brasi. He sleeps. He sleeps with the fishes. That's who I was thinking of. Luca Brasi. But the made man was, uh, you know, they're talking about that was in Goodfellas, where uh, Tommy, who was uh, Joe Pesci, played the role of Tommy. He was going to be a made man. You know, one of their own was going to be a made man, and they whacked him right in the basement. That was a good movie. Goodfellas <laughs> was really good. Under, I don't. I wouldn't say it's underrated. Should have won the Academy Award that year over Dances with Wolves, but you know, whatever. Kevin Costner did the director. You know, that was it. You know, it's an actors thing. A lot of actors vote for that. One of their own was the director, got the movie made, so they gave it to that. And I'm not saying Dances with Wolves wasn't a, an okay movie, but it wasn't Goodfellas. Mm. That's all I'll say. I'll tell you this much about Sebastian O. Also weighing in, grumpy old man. <sighs> he'll never, he'll never play over Nick Letty. Doesn't matter what. It's not like it's going to be. He's going to get a chance until there's an injury. And the thing is, right? This is the thing about being proactive. I know that we're on a six-game point streak, and oh, we can't change anything up on a six-game point streak. And I understand the approach of don't change what's not broken. But I'll argue that the combination between Nick Letty and Scott Mayfield isn't working, and I'll argue that maybe it is broken. And guess what? They're not the reason we're winning games. They've been struggling mightily this season. So trying to change something up, maybe to go ahead and ignite somebody, I have no problem at all with that. Sebastian Ajo, I'd have no problem at all with him getting a time period out there on the ice on that, you know, the the line there with Nick Letty and, um, and Scott Mayfield at the moment. The line's not working. They need to do something to change it up in some capacity. Long term, do you feel comfortable, grumpy old man, with the way they're playing in the playoffs? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, you know, but, you know, just because, okay, we don't want to change things up because we're in a six-game point streak. Well, when we were on a five-game losing streak, we didn't change anything up on the defensive end either. And that we were having the same errors and same mistakes were happening. So I just think it's he just has certain guys he trusts, the rest he doesn't, and he could care less. On our losing streaks, it's not on, really, honestly, it's not so much of the defensive side of the puck. It's our inability to score, which is, which was impacting us, I think, more than anything else in that five-game losing streak. Yeah, but the whole thing is when we're pinned at our end the whole game because our defense can't clear the zone, particularly those two, because the, that was, they're the ones who really get exposed back there. They can't clear the puck out of the zone. And depending, especially if you got Croc, who's just sleepwalking through the season, you got the king of the secondary assist out there. You know, you're playing men short. So, oh, the whole fourth line have been a disaster, really, for the most part of the season. But the whole thing, it's that defense pairing is really struggling. Eventually, you're going to have to give somebody a day off at some point in time. Let the Yahoo kid play. I was about to say, there's no time better than this back-to-back scenario. Maybe you go. Ahead. Maybe there's even a chance you say, hey, we want to go ahead and jumble the lines up. Maybe uh, Mayfield and Letty's not working. We acknowledge that. Maybe Andy Green on the second end of the back-to-back. Maybe he deserves a little bit of time off. Who knows, Grumpy? And again, I'm not opposed to, to giving our players rest when they do need it. But in the same token, the Mayfield-Letty line not working. Not opposed also to mixing things up to maybe get something that does work. Comment here from Darren Z saying, Wallstrom needs to get, uh, get into the top six, grumpy old man, just as you'd echoed earlier. Right. I mean, you know, that's his strength. He's a goal scorer. It's like, let's put Mike Bossy on the third line because he's a rookie. Uh, we don't care that he scores. We're going to make sure that he knows how to defend and, you know, go into the corners. Well, you know what? That's, that's not his job. You know, there are guys who have certain talents 
And instead of trying to jam that square peg into a round hole, you adjust your system to fit the talent that you have. And that's one thing I don't think Barry Trotz does. For as great a coach as he is, and he's an excellent coach, he that's one thing. He's a slave to his system. Grumpy got a few comments here. Frank K saying Quantum Leap was on Channel 4. People chiming in. Great show. Uh, Tumas Pessimisticking says, in my opinion, Barzal can be a really good two-way forward in the future. He already is. I think he already is. I mean, he's back-checking all the time now. I mean, great. You know what? But I'm going to tell you what. If it, He's the only offensive weapon we have. He carries that line. He absolutely carries. He, he's carrying the team right now. I mean, think about all the goals we've scored. I think he's almost he's almost involved with fifty percent of the goals goals still, after all this amount of games. Grumpy old man. Uh, comment here also there from Sal P saying Bailey looks so stiff out there, makes a ton of bad plays every game as of the moment. Uh, he gives it away or gets the puck poked away from at least twelve times a game, at least twelve times a game every single game. Again, Josh Bailey has not looked good, and that's a guy where <laughs> you hate the you hate the fact that Bavillier's out. And we've just been rewarding him with more ice time playing on the first line for poor play and poor performance. I hate that. I, I've always hated that. Anytime, again, like hockey, football, any type of job, anytime someone has poor performance and you're rewarding them with more opportunities because they've been performing poorly to try to get them out of that funk, I just hate that ideology. There is a medical term for it. It's called Bayless Suckeritis. Um, it's because he just sucks. I'm sorry. Grumpy old man, is that in uh, Miriam's dictionary? Miriam Webster's dictionary, Grumpy? No, it's in the medical journal. Okay. Bailey Succotitis. Um, Bailey Succotitis. Grumpy old man. I like it. He's uh, got Brian, it big time. Brian J saying, I need new scouts. Who the hell convinced Lou Lamarillo to draft Casper? <laughs> don't ask me. I don't know. I mean, think about it. We had Philip Tomasino. We had. Uh, McMichael, we had Kaliev. Those are all the guys we could have drafted, guys who actually score goals and are exciting players to watch. We don't need them. We're just going to draft Casper and put him on the first line down in the minors, even though he's done nothing. He's going to play on the first line. And if he came up here, he's the new – I'm going to tell you people, he is the new Josh Bailey. He is going to be the new whipping boy for the grumpy old man when Josh Bailey is finally forced to retire. It's going to be Holmstrom. Casper Holmstrom, he's going to be out there. He's the same player as Josh Bailey. The same, he's exactly the same. No, no, nothing stands out about him. Occasionally, he'll make a good play. Just you know, he shows up every game. That's the best you can say about Josh Bailey, right? He just shows up every game. A grumpy old man. I have a few comments. I'm going to roll through them here real quick because we have a lot, grumpy old man. We are behind grumpy old man on these comments. Uh, Brian P saying he's chiming in. Mike Boss, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play you. Your two your two hundred foot game isn't good enough. The grumpy old man chimes that all the time. Uh, David C saying grumpy is no Sinatra. Grump, that must have been when you were singing earlier. For certain, grumpy old man was no Sinatra. It made me laugh. I love when you're singing there, grumpy. I know, but I am Maxine Night. I am a Maxine Nightingale, just not a Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Elvis, hey, I can do Ellis. Thank you very much. I can do that stuff too. Brian P also saying Pajot, Wallstrom, and Bavillier. I don't have a problem with that line. If you want to keep. Uh, if you're happy with Del Cole, uh, I have no problem with that line. Actually, I think that would, that line would be really productive. And I think Bavillier, once he when he does play on the third line, seems to jumpstart him. It's had that effect on him in the past. I think that would be a good line. Yes. 
<laughs> and again, I think these are some comments from earlier Grumpy Old Man talking about Leo Komarov, Brian J saying, hey, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, right, Grumpy Old Man? <laughs> yeah, he found two tonight. So, you know, they say the dog suns on the, the the sun shines on the dog's ass at least once a day, you know, because, you know, just shh, they don't have to move much. And that's Leo Komarov. <laughs> um, Darren uh, Z saying we shouldn't be looking for Casey for scoring, and that's the thing we talked about it earlier. We talked about it last podcast too. Um, when you're looking and reliant upon your fourth line to score goals on a consistent basis in order to be a successful team, it's usually not a recipe for success. I mean, it should be ideally you'd like for your team to be, hey, if your fourth line scores two goals, holy crap, you're going to route this team and there's no way you can lose because your fourth line is producing. It shouldn't be, hey, we need consistent performance out of our fourth line offensively in order to be a successful team. Again, I like the fact that we have four lines that can produce offensively. Don't get me wrong. But ideally, you won't want to have to be dependent on a fourth line producing in order to be successful, though. Fourth line scoring is gravy. That's the way I look at it. If the fourth line scores, hey, that's something you don't count on. Oh, gosh. Hey, TJ, can you make a virtual background for Grumpy with a picture of AJ's hair, Josh Bailey, and Leo Komroff? Maybe you could squeeze it. Maybe, Grumpy, we can squeeze in the $7 million man. You know, Grump, if you had a green screen or if you had something where we can get something behind you, we could pop up a little different little anecdotes for you all the time, Grumpy old man. We could put a picture there, Barry Trotz yelling at like a, a figure of like a – a Photoshop figure of Mike Bossy saying you can't play because you don't have a 200 foot game, something like that. Grumpy old man. If you're ever to get like a green screen behind you, sure. Maybe we can go ahead and do that. Grumpy. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I I'm willing to do anything. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm, Hey, I'm, I don't care if people make fun of me. I don't care if I get made fun of. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I was about to say, we could put it on your shirt today, Grumpy, because you're wearing the Celtics. That's right. Hey, Larry Bird shirt, right? Hey, he was a great player. <laughs> Ten bucks, ten bucks. I was about to say ten. I'll be honest with you, Grumpy. I'm not a Larry Bird fan, not a Boston Celtics fan, but ten dollars—that's a good—that's a deal. This is the Mitchell and Ness, uh, Mitchell and Ness Hardwood Classics Edition. So you know, here's the thing: it's just a freaking T-shirt, but since it's got the little patch on it, they figure they'll make it 60, 60 bucks just because of the name. And you know, it's sewed on correctly. It's not like one of those fugazi jobs. Well, they got six stitches around the whole thing. I mean, it's a nice job. So it's, you know, the real thing. It's even got the little tag in the back, uh, you know, but for 10 bucks, it was worth it for the grumpy old man. <laughs> hey, I'm a sucker for a $10 shirt. I was about to say, grumpy old man, you wear the same exact Super Bowl shirts from 20 years ago. So I'm sure oh, you're a sucker for yeah. a $10 shirt, grump. All right. I see this comment Ryan, here. Ryan P saying, uh, Doug Hole and Hull saying we're taken in the first round in 2014. We could have had Pasternak and Point. That's sickening. I Again, it's unfortunate. A lot of teams passed on the same exact guys. So again, like when we look at that, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Sure, you can look back at the draft. The nineteen was it the nineteen ninety nine draft, grumpy old man. Where was it? Nineteen ninety nine. Tom Brady was drafted. Tom Brady was drafted one ninety nine. He was drafted at one ninety nine. Whatever you could say. Grumpy, there were six rounds before Tom Brady, or six, you know, he's picked in the sixth round. There were 198, 98 picks before Tom Brady. Every team could have had it. That's sickening. I don't know. Hindsight's 2020. He had no idea that Pasternak and Braden Point were going to be as successful as they are. Yeah, that said, if Pasternak and Point were on this team, they wouldn't be playing anyway because they don't play enough defense. So it doesn't matter. Josh Hosang, he plays offense. Sorry, you are not welcome here. Del Cole, you have no offensive ability whatsoever. But you stand around in the corners good. You got a shot here. Point, 
put up way too many points. Pasternak, oh my gosh. I mean, I've, I know you've gotten burned defensively a number of times. I don't care that you scored 40-some-odd goals last year. You're not playing for this team because you don't play defense. And it's funny, too much pessimist sticking on another platform also was talking about the 2014 draft. Also had Nylander, uh, Ehlers, uh, Danny Larkin, uh, Pasternak, et cetera, and Hoxing. <laughs> we picked Michael Del Cole. Now, that said, Michael Del Cole was – it was it was supposedly a four-person draft, and Michael Del Cole was the consensus number five pick. But, you know, when you are scouting someone – for me, anyway, I don't even care how many points you score. It's nice to see. It's like, okay, first of all, can you skate? Are you a really good skater? And you look at the guys picked after. They were all good skaters. Michael Del Cole's never been a good skater. I mean, unless you're scoring – unless you're a stand in front of the net 70-goal-a-game guy in the Ontario Hockey League or 70-goals-a-year guy in the Ontario Hockey League, you better be able to skate. And that's 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 when I look at players who can skate, because I mean I've said it a hundred times before. If you can skate, you can make up for other deficiencies. If you can't skate, everything that you do wrong gets amplified. Who can skate? Who has offensive acumen where they're able to identify their outlet passes? They have their head up. They're able to exploit weaknesses of defenders. For example, when they leave certain areas open, they're able to exploit those there and they're able to convert them successfully. Those are always important too, as well with skating, grumpy old man. Uh, Sal saying here a big problem with our beloved squad is that they're never clicking on all cylinders. A couple players bring the effort every night, but there's so many guys on the rosters like the Lees, Nelsons, Baileys, Comroffs, etc., that put the four with a decent effort every eighth or tenth game. I'll tell you one thing. I'm a, I I don't I, I think Lee puts forth effort every game. I think he's had he's had a, a, a big bounce back season already so far this year. Nelson again, you've mentioned it, Grump. You think he's hurt? Bailey looks disinterested at times. I could I definitely argue maybe the effort's not there on those two guys. Komarov, I think he he puts forth again. Not the most skilled player. I think he puts forth the effort, though. Okay. The guy's really the only people I really question the effort as of right now, maybe because it's injury or who knows what, maybe Nelson or Bailey. Yeah, Lee, I feel he gives the effort. I just – and it's, it's not like I think he's a he's an average player. Um, that's how you get the name. Um, and I don't think his bounce back has been as pronounced as you try to make it to be once he got four goals this year. I mean, that's not great. It's not great 13 games into the season. It's not. Um you know, but he does try. I give him that. Nelson sleepwalking through the season. Bailey just Bailey just sucks. Okay, and Komarov, I don't think it's effort. I just don't think that he all the things that made him good, the extreme hustle, the fact that you know as you get older you can't do that unless your name is Tom Brady, then you can do it. But like most athletes, when they get into their thirties, particularly playing the type of game he plays, which is an aggressive forechecking grinder, you just don't have it anymore. I mean, he can bring it, like I said, once every seven games or eight games. Uh, you know, it just is what it is at this point. Nelson, like I said, he's been the biggest disappointment for me this season. Bailey, Bailey is what he's always been. So, I mean, he's never changed for me. We talked about a facetious joke there earlier about waving Bailey. Brian B., make sure to chime in. This is not a joke. Can we wave Bailey? <laughs> Why not? I mean, some, somebody would pick him up. But, I mean, all right, but think about it. Is Josh Bailey helping the team? Okay, is he going to be a hold on, hold on. I know he hasn't had a good season this year. You cannot wave Josh Bailey, Grumpy. You can't wave Josh Bailey. I know he hasn't had a good year, but 
when he plays well, he he does perform. I, again, I know he hasn't had those moments, but he's another guy who is relatively streaky. I know this year has been off for him. Okay. You, healthy scratch up. You don't wave Josh Bailey. Okay. You know, remember what the Germans used to have in the war? Well, you probably don't know. They used to have the little motorcycles, and they used to have like this little thing on the side. The sidecar, sure. Yeah, it was called the Bailey the Bailey car is what they call it, a little sidecar, because that's what he is. He just, you know, hey, I'm just along for the ride. I'll let somebody carry me, and, you know, hey, I'll celebrate when they score, you know, like a little hype man. Maybe that's what he is. He's a sidecar. There's, I mean, for $5 million a year, he doesn't produce up to that. I'm just saying we need we need cap relief. You gotta have to get rid of some of the old guys. Instead of getting rid of young guys, get rid of old guys. Alexander no, saying no, 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 no. Okay, Grumpy. For people who are not watching this live stream or watching this on YouTube, and again, I always encourage if you can't watch the live stream, watch it on YouTube. Subscribe to the Islanders Never Say Die YouTube channel. That's the best way to go ahead and watch the reaction. Grumpy old man does a lot of funny. Uh, he has funny mannerisms, and he really jumps around. He makes sure if you're watching it, you know, he makes sure that you know it's actually worth clicking on a YouTube link rather than listening to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, however you listen to it. But Alexander wants to know: Do you see the Islanders exploring the Parise trade again? Why would I trade for a 37-year-old with four more years on his contract at what seven and a half million per? No, we already have guys like that on the team. Don't worry. Here's the thing: We have Anders Lee. He's going to be there in a couple of years anyway. He might already be there now. Matter of fact, Parise produces more than than uh, Anders Lee. Yeah, yeah, for certain, Zach Parise produces more than Anders Lee. And, again, that's one of the pieces that we would move in order to get Zach Parise. I look at it like this. We have a toxic acid and Anders Lee, or Andrew Ladd that does absolutely nothing. Andrews Ladd – I'm sorry, Grumpy. I know you made a comment earlier about Anders Lee. I got mixed up. But we have a toxic acid in Andrew Ladd that does absolutely nothing for our team right now. You have an acid in Zach Parise. I mean, that's a relatively toxic acid. It performs for the team. But guess what? And the ma- it's a much larger toxic acid. In the matter of a year or two, who the hell knows what type of production you're going to be getting out of Zach Parisi? And he's going to almost maybe be in the same exact boat that Andrew uh, that Andrew Ladd's in right now. So I get not in favor of any type of trade or any type of idea entertaining Zach Parisi coming to this team. He's going to be 41 when his contract is up. I mean, but I'll be honest with you, he produces more and he's a better player than Andrews Lee is right now. But I don't want to take on a 37-year-old unless he's Tom Brady. Then I don't want. Well, Zach Parise is in the NHL right now, grumpy old man. So of course, and again, he's playing every night there for the Minnesota Wild. So of course, he's a better player than Andrew Ladd is at the moment. But the I same said, time, he absorbed- I said, I'm sorry, I said he was better than Anders Lee. Really? Yeah. Look at his numbers. Who's having a better year? I think Andrews Lee's having a better year. Zach Parisi only has five points. Andrews Lee has more points than five, Grumpy Old Man. It's not all about points either. But, again, Zach Parisi's towards the tail end. He's 36 years old at the moment, Grumpy Old Man. He'll be 37 at the end of the year. And, again, just like you mentioned, he'll be 41 at the end of the contract. That's not – anyway, neither here nor there, Grumpy Old Man. Too much pessimistic, Grumpy, when you were doing your little entertaining uh, use of uh, drugs, Grumpy Old Man, he says, Grump should be on the D.A.R.E. videos. Hey, you know, I remember – Tobacco. I remember those. I remember those videos. Kids, don't do drugs. Don't smoke. Don't do drugs. It's not good for you. It really isn't. <laughs> oh wow! Take it from the grumpy old man. 
Uh, yeah, and David C. chiming in here. Yeah, that's right. Bridgeport, I think, lost again today. Uh, my 0-24 prediction is looking good, Grump. They're already 0-3 with a, <laughs> a non-competitive old guys playing on the top two lines. Again, the lines, I think Bobo Carpenter's – I mean, Bobo Carpenter, I think, scored a goal. Um, but, again, it's Simon Holmstrom, Otto Koyevla centering that line on the first line, and everybody else is just kind of like, oh, man, we have no depth, no forward depth at all. I just don't understand why in the off season we sign older guys to play in Bridgeport. I, 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 I don't, I can't even explain it. It makes no sense. You want to develop players who can play on the big team. That's what the minors are for, but they should be for. I think they will win a game. I don't think they're going to go 0 and 24. I still <laughs> predict they'll win again. If they set Sorokin down there, they'll win again. <laughs> Brian P saying they're gonna name they're gonna rename the Jack Adams trophy the Brent Thompson trophy. <laughs> That's not true. That is not true. It's gonna say Brent Thompson on it, but it's gonna have a circle and a slash through it. That's how you know that it's anybody but the Brent Thompson trophy. <laughs> oh grumpy old man. Um sorry, I just lost my spot here, Grump. Uh <laughs> Uh, how about Pulak? Guy can't hit the net. And then Brian John also saying maybe Ryan Pulak for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins is having a great year this year offensively. Um, again, Pulak, you've mentioned it, Grump. You don't think Pulak and Pelic have been playing all that well so far this year, not as dominant as they were last year. Again, nothing to, to raise warning flags about. They're definitely still performing at a much higher level than than Lee or Letty and Mayfield, though. Yeah, you can't move Pulak, though. I'd love to have – I think Hop, Nugent Hopkins is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. I'd make a strong push for him. He brings – I mean, I don't think he's the greatest, but – and I know we won't make a move for him, but I'd like to see that. Uh, not, but I'm not trading – I'm not trading not, Pulak. We'll not make a move for him, Grumpy old man. We don't have the cap space to make a move for him. He's going to get paid a lot. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I, I mean, we could you could make it happen if you just bunt, dump a bunch of guys on long-term injury. You could, If you want to get around the cap, you can. I don't think the fossil is capable of it, honestly, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. Other teams are able to do it. I mean, he just I just don't think he figures it out. The one thing the Islanders should have is a capologist, somebody who that's their whole specialty is managing the salary cap because, you know, as good as Lou is well was – at acquiring talent uh, and knowing how to pick players, I don't think he's ever been really good at the salary cap. Just look at the money he's getting. When he was at Toronto, he was giving ridiculous contracts to people. That is like, dude, what are you doing? Everyone says it. I mean, it's so obvious. If a novice like me says, what the hell are you doing? And you do it over and over again, you need somebody who actually knows what they're doing. These are how we make the numbers work, Lou. This is what we have to do. And I feel we really need that. Uh, Roberto, hey Roberto, I haven't seen Roberto in a while. Says TJ, soon you will, uh, soon will have an advertiser buying time on that canister. I'll tell you, it definitely has a lot of open space. Uh, maybe we'll get some Islanders, some Islanders. Oh, I, I talked about this last time, Grump. I can't. I bring that to work. Oh, I keep forgetting. Maybe, maybe one day. Uh, Michael, another two YouTube comments, grumpy old man. Michael B. saying, I'm a longtime Eyes on Isles listener and only recently discovered you guys on the pod. Really enjoying your honest uh, honest takes and healthy doses of pessimistic cynicism. Yes, sir. I like I like Michael. I, that is exactly – that is the perfect way to describe our podcast. Pessimistic cynicism. I love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was about to say, right? With every single joke and every single look. And again, I think we'd one, like to take. Go ahead. One thing I can tell you is we are not going to blow smoke up your ass. That's just not going to happen. If it's if it's if it's sunshine out, we're going to tell you it's sunshine. If it's raining, we're going to tell you it's raining. We're not going to say, oh, geez, look at those. Oh, look at the fancy lights in the sky. Must be fireworks. No, it's a lightning storm. I'll tell you one thing. If we're right, we're going to tell you we're right. And if we're wrong, we're going to tell you we were wrong. So <laughs> and again, we have no mountains or mole hills to make a stand on. And again, I think we try to look at it from a different perspective and, and, and try to entertain. Again, I like to play devil's advocate, entertain it from all different points of view and perspective. Um, again, you know, it's it's the most, I think, sound way to go ahead and come to a logical conclusion. Uh, Dino Dangle. Uh, says my favorite old man must be talking about you, grumpy old man. Yeah, hey, it's Dino Dangle, not Dangle. That's what I said, Dino Dangle. I thought you said Dino Dangle. I love the name, <laughs> and it looks like he's wearing an Islanders hat. It looks that's a neat. Matter of fact, my son had one of those hats. I was gonna say, grumpy old man. I bought the same exact hat. I bought one of those hats as well. I bought a few of the hats there. I think it was. It's funny. I had to call in because I, I don't live in New York. I had to call in, grumpy old man, to the. Um, I can't remember where it was. I had to call into a special area in order to go ahead and purchase a few hats. And I'll tell you one thing. I do enjoy that hat. I don't wear it often on the podcast, but I do have that same exact hat grump. Yeah, I like that hat. I like it. I Darren, like anything with the White House on it. Darren Z, I'm going to tell you. It seems like Dar Darren Z might be uh, might be a newcomer here on the podcast, Grump. I'm not sure. says a common theme with the Islanders, vets first. We talk about that. All Grumpy old man hits on that point every single time. And I forgot, Grump. When you hit it earlier talking about who we could have drafted, Kaliev, McMichael, Tomasino, every single person. I forgot to tell you, if you have your bingo boards out at home, ladies and gentlemen, you can go ahead and mark that square off. I'm going to mention it every time. Anybody brings up Simon Holmstrom, that's going to get mentioned. And I thought you were going to say, I was surprised you didn't because I deliberately mentioned it just because we want to go and whatever. I don't, I don't know what the bingo numbers are. Uh, Grumpy oh, old man. 56. I don't know. Whatever. I, I told I totally forgot to mention it, Grumpy Old Man. I think it was jumping through trying to read all the comments, Grump. I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to it. Uh Brian B there or Brian P there saying, good fellas, top five all time. Grumpy old man. I figured I'd show that to you because you do like movies. I don't think it's one of my top five movies all time. It's definitely one of the top five gangster movies of all time, though. Absolutely. Probably top three. Uh I would say that's probably Scorsese's best movie. Well, it's Goodfellas. Godfather's number one. Godfather Part Two is number two. Uh, everybody else get in line after that. Godfather, Michael, greatest movie ever made. Michael M. chiming in there with, hey, guys, hey, Grumpy. Leo's never coming out of the lineup. Now we're doomed. Like I said, he plays one good game, and he's set you know, for another five or ten. As, you know, battle has one winning year. He's good for another three-year extension. All losing, all losing seasons. Then he has a winning season. Goes to the Super Bowl. Hey, let's give him a five-year extension. <laughs> as you know, as as other comments, as, as we talked about before. Hey, you know, you have one good game. Time to go ahead and throw the parade for I you. I just want to say something else about Michael. He outkicked his coverage on his girlfriend there. <laughs> Grumpy old man, stop, Grump. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll let his girlfriend know there that you went ahead and made that comment, Grumpy old man. Now I'm sure it'll make him happy tomorrow. It's, Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Oh, God. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, I think, Grumpy Old Man. Okay, yeah, I'm sure he'll love to go ahead and show his his girlfriend that on Valentine's Day, Grumpy Old Man. I got I to go ahead and run out to the stores after this year, Grump. Uh, thanks there for reminding me. Uh, 
procrastination a little bit. I'm making uh, my wife. I'm making my wife a customized card, Valentine's Day card. I'll put a little couple little rhymes in there, and uh, it's going to be impressive. Now, Grump, is this going to be one of those cards that we see from like uh, five or six year olds where they draw like a little heart and they like put their hands on like what they do with the turkey? Are you going to be like writing this out? Is this going to be like a handwritten card with love in it, Grump? What is this? Tell me. It's going to be a handwritten card. It's, there's not going to be any drawings on there, uh, but it's going to be like a little sayings. So, you know, like roses are red, violets are blue, and then I'll say something cute and funny or, you know, <laughs> I, I got some things lined up. The Miss Grumpy Old Man, I'm sure, will be happy about that, Grumpy. Uh, Brian B. chiming in saying, the problem is we do need performers from our fourth line because it's paid like a third line. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on, Brian B. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've said it forever, right? And your fourth line should be making the least amount of money on your team. They should be young fire eaters. That's what Boston does. Young guys, earn your spot. Go out there, skate like your hair's on fire, hit everything that moves. You don't get paid anything. We don't care. Uh, you know, you're there, you're there to hit people. And they do it very well. That's what the fourth line should be for. It shouldn't be for aging veterans who were the best fourth line in hockey five or six years ago. I mean, you know, it's like saying, hey, you were the best fourth fourth line in hockey in 1993. You're not anymore. Sorry. Big comment is where is Dave Shikowski? Shazowski. Shazowski. I don't Sorry. know where he is now. Uh, he's probably regaling all the years where he was that number two draft pick, the number two pick in the draft. Uh, <laughs> didn't pan out. Grumpy, I got a smile on my face because David C. saying, I'm impressed with Grump's endurance. It's 1130, and he's still bringing it. Let me um, tell you something. I don't I don't ever go to sleep before 2 o'clock in the morning, ever, ever. <laughs> up at 8, sleep by 2, up by 8. Grumpy old man, you're burning the wick at both ends, it seems and, like. And the thing, I only got so many years left. I want to spend them awake. <laughs> oh, Grump. I'm going to uh, sleep in tomorrow, though. Absolutely. Good. I'm glad. Sleep in on Valentine's Day. Uh, Brian P., we're getting here to the end of the comments here, Grumpy. Again, I've noticed we've been – I think the last three or four podcasts slash live streams have been like two hours apiece, Grumpy. It's not usual for us, but, again, we've been getting a lot of comments and interaction there from people on the live stream. I love it. So, again, I – I've got two hours to spend every single live stream, to be honest, grumpy old man. No problem at all. I love talking to people. <laughs> I, I, say, I know you love talking, grumpy. Uh, Brian P. saying, uh, these are my lines for whatever it's worth. Line one, Bavillier, Barzal, and Wallstrom. Line two, uh, Andrew, uh, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Everly. Line three, Bellows, Pajot, Bailey. Line four, Del Cole, Casey, Sarnak. Why not? Roll it out there for a night. I have no problem with that. I was about to say I have no issue at all. And then, like, you rotate that fourth line. And, again, like, you rotate – again, like, I don't think Matt Martin's destined for the bench, you know, game over game. I think, you know, he he's definitely serves purpose, you know, in short spurts. Well, Grump, if he has a lot of energy and you're sitting, you know, majority of games, when you get out there on the ice, I don't care how old you are, you're going to have 110% effort for a certain grumpy old man. And same exact thing with Sarnak. Again, like I'd like to go ahead and see something like that, the lines resembling. I, you know, I want to see Wallstrom playing top six minutes in some capacity. He's not a third line grinder. He's not a third line, you know, forward check. He's not a third line checker. Uh, he's a guy who needs to be playing top six minutes. Right. I just honestly, I might even elevate Pajot to the second line um, and put him with Everly and Bellows. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, 
I don't know if Mars, I think you'd be more of a, well, that's Wallstrom. I don't know. You know what? I wouldn't have a problem. Just roll it out there one night. Why not? I mean, the whole thing with Martin is you just gave him a four-year contract extension. Uh, say he's twice a $6 million man. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Explain it to me. Oil grumpy. We're almost at the end here. Roberto says, what's up, TJ? Great show tonight. Thank you there, Roberto. Uh, David C. saying, um, with the Larry Bird shirt, grumpy looks like the token white guy and do the right thing. Spike Lee movie, in case TJ didn't know. I'm glad I glad explained it. I do not watch movies. Grumpy old man watches a lot of movies. I am not the movie buff. Yeah, just watch it. I might scuff your sneakers. <laughs> David knows what that is. That was, uh, matter of fact, that was, uh, he was in the Deer Hunter. John Savage was the uh, character's name. And there were uh, a bunch of kids. And it was him. He, I guess he lived in a brownstone. He had a Larry Bird shirt on. And he was riding his little 10-speed bicycle. And I guess he accidentally scuffed one of their shoes, one of their little white sneakers, and they were losing their mind over it. So it was cute. <laughs> it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Tommy probably, probably Spike Lee's best movie ever. Tommy Baffy chiming in here. Glad to see you there, Tommy. Saying, I hate all Boston teams. Grumpy, I feel like there's no better way to end the podcast than on that. You know, they have that endearing term from people from Massachusetts, mass holes. Not many people like people from Boston and Massachusetts in general. Well, they think they're superior to everyone else. And it just tells me that they're stupid because they're not superior to anyone. Oh, grumpy. Well, I would say when Tom Brady was playing for New England, they were absolutely my team because I'm a big Tom Brady fan. A grumpy old man. Thanks so much, Grumpy, for being a part of the podcast and live stream. I appreciate all the time when you're on here with me, Grumpy. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks to everybody who tuned in here to the live stream again. We love being able to interact with the people who listen there to the podcast in the live stream, getting to answer questions, talk about Islanders hockey, really anything. I mean, it's something both Grumpy Old Man and I enjoy dearly. Thank you so much for their tuning in. Thank you again, Grumpy Old Man. Hopefully your Valentine's Day goes well tomorrow, Grump. Same for you. Uh, well, I will need all the luck. Thank you, Grumpy. Thank you.